Welcome to Above the Fold, a marketing podcast powered by Brafton and hosted by two dudes in the trenches of digital marketing. Jeff loves surveys and analytics, while Francis focuses on creative approaches and says things like, the emotion from one piece of creative can be everything. Get ready to waste 60 minutes of your life. And welcome everyone to Above the Fold, episode six of season two. Uh, I'm here with Jeff Baker as always, and I'm Francis Ma, and I have to confess an absolute fail on my part um, for the past couple of shows. Apparently, my audio has been being recorded by the webcam that's on top of my desktop <laughs> and not the mic in front of my mouth. Um, oh my God. Jeff, you have 30 seconds to rip into me. Go Ins- ahead. Insert old person joke here. No, I don't. You know what? <laughs> you did it. I don't need to do anything, man. You've already castrated yourself in front. Can we say that? Yeah. Well, we we just did. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It ain't getting, it ain't getting edited. You know that. I know it ain't getting um, edited. Um, Yeah. Well, (laughs) consider consider yourself flogged in front of, in front of the audience. (laughs) And also what the hell, man? It says right there. Everybody. Just so everybody is crystal clear, when you're recording on Audacity, which is what we use, it says right in front of you exactly the device is recording from. And there's no confusion. We use a Samson Meteor mic, and it looks like a meteor. It's pretty hard to miss it. In my defense, it just said you. I have no defense. I'm not even going to try. You know, you're you right. I'm an idiot. No defense. Just I'm not, I, was, I, I paused, and I was like, I'm going to, nah, just, what am I doing? I'm going to own this. It, man. I'm going to own it. Yeah, Jesus. I got it. Cue the Game of Thrones shame bell. That's me. I'll go through the uh, shame. Shame. (laughs) You know what the best part is? Like when one of us is an idiot, you can usually just make it up by buying the other guy a drink. So yeah, just you can keep that in mind. Just put it on. I will. I I think in the last show we talked about me getting you scotch for some 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 reason, and I I owe you that still. I don't remember Um, that, but I'm not going to argue. That's fine. (laughs) Sounds good to me. It sounds right. It sounds yeah. right. Um, anyway, apologies. Hopefully this sounds better. Deep apologies to our sound mixer, Tony, um, who's been yelling at us about pencil scratches and clicking mouses and all sorts of things. This was well, my fault, Tony. Hopefully well, the this best sounds, part is the poor guy is sitting better. there. He's like, all right, Francis, get closer, get closer, get closer. And you were probably just like on top of the mic at that point. And he's, just well, the- like, <laughs> he's, he's probably on the other end just going, all right, get further back, get closer, soundproof the room. Meanwhile, it's just a total operator error. Yeah, total operator error. The best part, though, was like last week, I actually was further away from the mic because I thought I was too close to the wall. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. So I, I'm at, last week, I was the most <laughs> furthest away from the, uh, from the webcam mic than I ever have been. Um, so it was super bad. <laughs> like, um, this whole podcast just like an exercise in incompetence. Really, what? It yeah, is. yeah. I, well, you know I mean, that just like raises people's self-esteem. If we don't teach anybody yeah. anything, I hope it does that. I hope it makes people feel good about themselves. Exactly. We are we are awful at this, and yet we still <laughs> we still trudge on. So I I'm. <laughs> um, also, Watch a reminder, on, everybody. <laughs> next week, uh, we actually won't have a uh, a new episode. We're not going to release a show. Um, we're probably going to release maybe some B 
you know, B-roll or B-conversations that we've had um, that just didn't make the show for whatever reason. We actually had one edit from a couple episodes ago that we might actually release next week. And the reason for that is because Jeff Baker is going to content marketing spring break. Is that is that right? Dude, I, I don't know. It's called PubCon. I, I don't know. Where did you even see that? It spring says break. it on the PubCon website. So, oh, this is the spring break. for. It's in Florida. You're I, a content marketing spring break or something told, like that. I don't even know what that means. I've, I've been told that by other presenters. They said, yeah, it's like it's like the spring break for content marketers. So I, I've never been to spring break before. I don't know. You tell me. What, what does that mean? It, it means you Major lose shots. control. It means all sorts of different <laughs> shots. Maybe a like, content marketing thing is like it's it's shots of keywords. I don't know, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to wake up on the street confused. <laughs> that's all that's that happens on spring break. Why do you keep coming just back pro- to me on the streets? I don't get it. Like <laughs> again, you could have gone just, anywhere. I'm with just that. trying to prepare you. Could have you. taken any path of that. <laughs> but no, I took the real thing, one because man. that's absolutely going to happen when we get when we record again. You're going to be like, you know what? I ended up on the street and I woke up. <laughs> I promise you one right. thing and the audience one thing. If that does happen, I will record from the street live. <laughs> Background noise. Uh, you should anyway. Feeling, you should anyway. Ejection, all of it. So yeah, I am, I'm going to PubCon and it's a, like a digital marketers, what they call it? Digital marketers spring break. It's, it's like a digital marketers conference. They talk about all the things digital marketers talk about. And I'm going to be talking about how to do local search, how to rank for local search. Um, with somebody that might be joining our show, Shelly Fagan, based out mm. of Texas. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I still don't know what I'm going to talk about. That's that's <laughs> as far as I've gone in considering this 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 entire presentation. That was my prep. Amazing. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Well, we'll need photographic evidence. We'll need all sorts of sounds if you're going to record. I want to know what a content marketing spring break is really about. Um, and at the very least, you should rec- you should uh, you know report back truthfully as much as possible <laughs> about yeah. what this is about. All right. I'll take pictures. I'll share. It's in Fort Lauderdale. I don't even know where geographically that is. Florida's oh, huge. Man, you're going to get what? in so much, so much trouble. Oh, I know. So I much. Know. Well, there's so many different parts of Florida. There's like, there's like the, uh, what they consider the South. And then they consider, they consider like, you know, the South is in Alabama, Georgia style, Florida. And then you've got the other, this, the beach, uppity, yeah. ritzy style. I mean, they, they got everything there. Apparently, I don't, I don't know. One side from the other, really. Sarah Cugini, who does our intros masterfully, by the way, loves the rural, the rural Florida part. She doesn't the rural, like rural? the touristy part. Yeah. She wants the real Florida. She wants to be in the swamp. She wants to be, you know, in that area. She doesn't like, like the other part. She doesn't like the part you're going to. I can tell you that. We're talking to Everglades and humid and yeah, alligators yeah. that eat you. Yep, yep. She wants a survivor, Florida. They have have dinosaurs that eat you. You have to, in order to get around, (laughs) you have to get a boat that has a giant fan on it. Like If you have to put a fan on your boat, it's probably a place where a human shouldn't be. Yeah, well, you're in a different, you're in all sorts of a different universe when that happens. Um, Prehistoric lizards. So excited. They've got prehistoric (laughs) man-eating lizards and fans on boats and and mosquitoes that are like the state bird. No, I'm out. It's three going day, to be three, absolutely amazing. Three days and out. <laughs> Can't wait. Anyway, me too. Um, so a reminder, no, no show next week, but uh, all the stories, uh, there better be stories. That's all I'm saying. From the content marketing o'clock. spring. <laughs> it's going to be electric. <laughs> We're going to watch a marathon of Law & Order. Yeah, let's do Sweet. that. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, let's um let's move on to our first topic. So the first one, uh, Jeff, you found this earlier this week. Um, it's a lot of rage online, particularly aimed at Google, and um, it's about unlinked feature snippets. Um, why don't you give us a little background about what this is? and uh, why people are all uh, up in arms. Yeah, so starting with what is a featured snippet. Featured snippet is anytime you see something we you'd call like position zero. So if you search for something and it gives you an immediate answer like within Google without having to click into anything, just like a little blurb, that's a featured mm-hmm. snippet, right? So you want to get those because a lot of times people will click on those and go to your site. However, what we're starting to see is Google may be experimenting with pulling in information from publisher sites and not clearly linking it to the original author. So what you see in Google is just like a publishing platform, you know, almost like you could say plagiarism, right? Because that's kind of what it is. Basically, they're taking information from publishers, from external websites, publishing it on the search engine result or the search engine result page and you can't clearly see the link of where it came from unless you click into it and then look for the link so this kind of amounts to plagiarism you're the journalist guy right what does that sound like to you i mean you you got a robot involved in this man i mean you got, you want to go into the whole era of uh, we're not allowed kind to of robots plagiarize we're not we're, we're, there are rules we, <laughs> we've been given a there are rules for season 2 all robots um, if anything you and I owe Lauren Fox our REP drinks for uh, constantly breaking the rules about talking about AI and social media influencers. I think we just um, find excuses to owe people drinks. It's, yeah, it's, that's basically what that's really nothing all to do doing. with doing any wrong. Other than <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's plagiarism or not because it's a straight. I mean, it's basically elevating that answer. I guess that Google is finding and. Um, it's weird that it's not giving the link, though. That's I think that's, the, right, well, biggest. Let me ask I think that's you, the biggest. Let me ask you. Maybe let me rephrase the question. Sure. Google okay. is a search engine, yes? Yes. Google is now publishing content in search engine result pages. Does that make it right. a publisher instead of a search engine? That does feel like it's a publisher, you know. Exactly. Um, but it's a publisher that's not using information that it found on its own or that it wrote on its own. It's using other people's published content and they're not clearly giving attribution back to it. That's borderline plagiarism. Okay. I'll give you that. I, yeah. it, it's strange still that we're still talking about a robot that's doing this. And I think, um, oh, it's a robot that was created by humans. <laughs> we, we coded that thing. You were dancing like, on the line, man. You were dancing I'm, on the line I'm, I'm for us really, to just talk about the Terminator. I'm walking. It's a, so close. Walking it's so close here. You can't say Terminator. It's like one of I George Carlin's did. seven dirty words on this podcast. <laughs> We're not allowed. We're not can't allowed. We, we can still talk um, Top Gun, but we can't talk Terminator. No, it's play, thank God. plagiarism <laughs> or not, though. Let's I mean, let's let's break this down, because the biggest thing, at least right now for 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 for, for, yes. for the digital publishers is the fact that the link isn't there, that Google is pretty much saying, oh, here's your answer. Oh, that's it's, great. That, that well, was fast. It's not completely. I'm not going into accurate. like where it where it came from that. The link is there. The difference is that it's hidden. So it'll pull up that, and we'll have to send this out in the show notes so you can visually see it. It's hard to explain, but you have to click into expand more to see where the link came from. But the thing is, okay. you really, 
if you have the answer, uh, the question answered in that little box, why would you, you don't, why, why would you the hell more? would you click on, on see more? Right. I mean, I want to exert the least amount of effort when I'm looking for stuff. So I would not do of that. Um, of I'm, I'd be curious in some cases, but no, why would I, yeah. I why would I do that if the answer is right there? Um, this sounds like, um, a lot of rage bait that Google's putting out there. And I think it, it sparked oh, yeah. social media, a lot of, uh, a lot of rage on Twitter. Um, I think Rand was Fishkin was part of it, right? Rand was part of it. It actually started from um, our friend Cyrus that was on the show late last year. Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah, he was the old. Um, I think he was the head of. His title was head of marketing. He was a he was a muckety muck. Muckety muck. <laughs> there it is again. Francis doesn't like that yeah. word. That's a thing. No, Look it's, it up. It's fine. It, it makes me laugh. Get a dictionary, buddy. It, I, he's a, fine. I, he's a he was a muckety muck on Moz, and he found that that new type of featured snippet uh, in a search and posted it on Twitter. And he has a massive following. So obviously it, it picked up a ton of steam. And that's where we got that article that I sent you. And Google responded basically saying that, well, I don't know what they said. What did, what did Google say to all the, uh, all the rage online? They gave a non-answer. And <laughs> it, just to clarify, the reason why people are so mad is because all digital marketers rely on search. Uh, we create content on our site, and we have an implicit agreement where we create content. Google crawls it, and if you do a good job, they show you up in search results, and then people click on the results, and then you benefit from it. That's how people find businesses. That's how this whole ecosystem works together. Um, when, you, when you violate that, when Google takes the information from the publisher and you no longer need to go to the publisher, then we're all screwed, man. Like, you're screwed, I'm screwed. Anybody in digital marketing. And the whole concept of the internet kind of changes. Uh, I don't know. Is that hyperbolic to say that? A little bit, yeah. But it's right, on brand right. for us, so I think that's I'll allow it. Um, it's, <laughs> it is scary. To- <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it is scary to think that that's the path that, that this could take. Um, but it's absolutely fair because if Google does that and continues to do it, you're right. What, what's the point if we're, if we're doing all this work to show up on search results and then suddenly it doesn't matter anymore. There's no motivation. Why are we doing this? Um, why do we have websites? Blah, blah, blah. Um, exactly. It, if that happens, why do you have a website? There's, there's kind of no point. And this was, yeah. this was already coming. We, we talked about this three or four months ago when Rand published that report on uh, search no clicks. So a percentage mm-hmm. of people that will search something yeah. and not click on it. Yeah. Directly related to whether or not there's featured snippets. If there's a bunch of featured snippets like this, there's no reason to click. Trend has been moving in the direction of no clicks because Google is publishing content that we're giving them. This is a development on that front. So it's kind of like, holy shit, this is actually becoming a real thing. We need to talk about it. That's why everybody's all mad about it. Well, more people should be mad about it, I think, because let's, let's, let's be honest. I tell this to my parents. They're going to be like, what, what is Google do? Is it a thing? Are they talking to us? What's going on here? I'm not going to be able to get that across. You know, if more people rose up and be like, this is wrong, what are you doing this for? I think we have a chance to kind of push this back. The problem is that it's something that's so, even you said, it's tough to explain this without a visual or without kind of walking people through exactly what this means. 
yeah. then walking people through the consequences, you know, great. Yeah. There's, I get it now. The link is hidden. That's bad. No, there's like five steps beyond that about how bad this could get. Um, that's yeah. part of the problem. These are like tiny baby steps of getting toward that. And people, you know, not enough people realize what it means. It's a slippery slope type thing. If they take away that, what's the next thing they take away? And then we get to a point where we're providing all the content and then basically they just publish it and we get nothing in return. And then what is the internet then? Then I don't do know. we have DuckDuckGo? Uh, uh, <laughs> is that the shift? It's funny. I was just going to say that because we, was, we were going to talk crawlers? about... Fight back? <laughs> huh? We were, oh, I, I was going to bring that, that up during... Um, banter or whatever but honestly it could be because um we talked about DuckDuckGo last time and as a reminder to everybody DuckDuckGo is essentially an, a search engine that doesn't collect your data there's no look i mean uh, uh the def default setting doesn't collect your data it doesn't take your location you know you search for something in DuckDuckGo doesn't kind like of, it you know, blank slate i don't know i tell, like tell it people, i like nah, it you told me you didn't like it. tell the tell the people what your experience i will tell the people here's what happened tell i you, i've been using it for about a week and I have it on my phone and now it's in like the default search engine on, uh, on my desktop. And it's been interesting because when I do search, it's, it's very clear that it's not customized to me. Location stuff, completely out the window. If I'm on my phone and I type in, you know, bar near me or restaurant near me or whatever, um, it doesn't, it's not actually near me because it doesn't have my location. That being said, when I search news or when I search something else that I'm just interested in, it, it's getting the different results well, up from DuckDuckGo has you been can, interesting. You can opt in to local search results. So if you, if you search something that, that seems to have like location intent, like if you search pizza shacks or or bars near me, a little button will pop up and says, um, if you want closer results, uh, enable location tracking, something like that. Right. Which is automatically no, right. set yeah. on all the other search engines. So this one, this is like a very clear opt-in. It says, this is what we're going to take and this is what we're going to give you. Yeah. And the opt-in, I think, is important. And I honestly, I didn't realize it. And I think that's part of the problem because when I did it, it wasn't clear to me that that even right. was an option. And I'll actually have to look on my phone later to see how, how bad I missed it. But that was part of the issue is that, you know, going back to the idea, well, do I want to press that button to see the link? This is the same sort of thing. Do I actually want to find the opt-in location thing? Do I have to go through my settings on my phone? What do I have to do here? Duck, duck, go. But um, getting back to what we were talking about, is, is that something that could rise up? The fact that this other search engine pops up that's in some ways anti-Google. It does things a little differently. Um, is this something more people would want? Yeah, I think it could be if if Google pisses off enough people. Uh, does it not feel like Google's getting a little too big for their britches, right? It does, but it also feels like they're big, and yet any change that they do is 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 minimal. And so it, it's almost as if like it happens. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's not going to be like here's the big algorithm. Everything's going to be different uh, next just week. Taking one it's, pebble it's, at a time. Basically, yeah, it's exactly how it feels. Like. It's a pebble. Yeah. It's a pebble each time, and you dive into well, this pe pebble I've, means this, and blah blah blah. We guess right. we can live with it, but we don't realize the pile of pebbles that's happening behind us. I feel like they think that they're running stuff, and in a lot of ways, they are running stuff. Um, but they're forgetting the fact that they need publishers. Without Google, is not a publisher. They don't create any content whatsoever. So without publishers, like if Tomorrow, everybody just said no crawl on my site. Google would have nothing mm. to index. 
They would have yeah. old versions of content and they would have no fresh <laughs> content ever coming out. They have nothing. However, it almost feels like they have 99.9% of the power for whatever reason. Well, they have it because people don't know how to, either they don't know how to find stuff online or they don't know what type of company or service they need and they need to, they need to figure that out. In, in a weird way, if you wanted to live in a, girl, a world without Google, it kind of goes all the way back to branding and marketing. You know, you have to be able to say, hey, you go to this web, go to this URL. This is how to find us. This is what we can do. And it's plastered everywhere. You know, suddenly it's on buses. It's on, it's on uh, stickers on cars and stuff like that. Um, it's almost as if that would have to rise up again. So as if we're going like, to like regress, going to devolve back to bookmarks and direct links. If I writing, writing maybe. down URLs on a piece of paper, handing yeah, it to somebody. Maybe, maybe, yeah. or, or going, I mean, maybe it's something else where it's, you don't have to write anything down. It's just, oh, give me that website that does this. And only the <laughs> one thing shows up. That reminds I don't me, know. The first time that happened, because internet was new. It's probably like mm, 1999 or something. Um, yeah. this guy wrote a URL on a little torn <laughs> piece of paper and handed it to me in math class said www.rotten.com. And <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. And oh, the man. only the people our age are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got this and I am absolutely horrified. This was like, <laughs> this was like the deep web before the deep web even existed. <laughs> I was going to say, it wasn't that like a collection of like the worst images? Like it was all like collected. In the world. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's this young I'm like oh my god what is this yeah that's yeah, horrible <laughs> and you weren't wrong young Jeff Baker you were, <laughs> your gut reaction was absolutely right uh, and it's just gotten one. it's just gotten worse um but yeah no that could be coming back <laughs> so we should probably put a summarize this thing I'm, as far as takeaways I mean should our audience be worried if you're a digital marketer that's trying to get their brand out there? Mm, I would say maybe not yet, but I would say that keep an eye on this trend. It could be, it could be an early indicator. I, I, I would say, as always, we all have to be more aware. We all have to wake up. We got to get woke to this and to what Google woke? does. I've been woke, man. Come on. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, but honestly, we, we have to be, I mean, we can't just assume it's going to be fine. And we can't assume that Google doesn't have any other type of motivation involved or whatever. Like we really have to kind of pay attention and be aware of what these means and the consequences later on. We're all in black mirror, man. This is like the, before the black mirror episode about Google taking over, everything happens we have a chance to be make sure that doesn't happen by being aware of what's going on. Oh, one, one last note on this before we move on. There was a, I don't know if you've heard about these um, things that they're passing in the EU on uh, copyright infringement on the internet. I don't know. It's not, anyway, heard about keep the, going. Yeah, okay, well, they're, they're trying to pass these rules in the EU where you, you really cannot share anybody's stuff that's original content. Like you mm. do not have the ownership of it. You don't have the rights yeah. to it. That means memes. Like you can't even share memes online because somebody created that somewhere and that's copyright infringement. That also wow. includes 
also includes uh, search results too. So if Google were to return a search result with images in it, um, that would be in violation of this copyright uh, statute agreement, whatever it is. We need the law. We need the law to help. I was us just going to say that we're, we're, <laughs> we we're swimming in legal waters again so, that we have no reason to be. And we do need the law, man. Yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. So, so what they did was they mocked up exactly what they call a naked search result would look like. And it's basically a, a search result completely stripped down of everything. So there's no images, no news articles. There's no, um, there's like no meta descriptions, you know, where you see links and there's actually a description of it. That description <laughs> yeah, yeah. is written copy. That would be copyright infringement. So they have this, this mock-up of what it would look like. And it's just basically a whole bunch of links. And you have no idea really what you're clicking on other than like what it says in the title. So <laughs> if, if that's not Google saying kind of clapping back with a big F you to yeah, EU yeah. on this, I don't know yeah. what is. That so is, we, we're, we're really looking at both ends of the spectrum here, aren't we? We would totally be going back to internet circa 1998, 1999 um, yeah. with, with search results like that. That's ridiculous. That was wow. my last point. I, had. I just wanted to point right. out that there is two ends of the spectrum happening on this. Yeah. And we're stuck in the middle and we have to, we have to fight for our survival. Great. Yeah, we're trying to, still trying to earn a paycheck as our most. Vulnerable, so. All going. right. On that happy note, let's, uh, let's move on to topic two. <laughs> so um, topic two, um, you found this today. It's a social me- It's a report on social media. Um, and I'm going to mess up. Where, where is this from again? Rival, rival IQ. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> <Summer>. <laughs> You gave me the link. You know, you know what I you know what I did? I just Googled you. I don't know where it came from. I just, I just pulled the information. That's a, that was a uh, cheap shot. That was absolutely, absolutely. a cheap shot. I'll I'll dial Absolutely. Back. Yeah, I think it was I think it was a rival IQ. Okay. Okay. So um basically it was looking at engagement on social media in general. Is that right? Yeah, it's a very comprehensive, it's huge. It's a comprehensive social media benchmark report for 2019 and it spans across just about every major industry that you can think of and they benchmark things like posts per day by type you know by by media and uh, they they break it down by industry like what kind of engagement rates each social platform gets across industries and Francis there were some very interesting and saddening results in there would you say so Absolutely. Um, in particular, what was getting uh, called out with uh, Facebook, Facebook's engagement, there not only again. by Facebook, by us, but, but ran, man, ran as well, threw it up on Twitter and said, whoa. And wait, whoa. what was his line? His line was hilarious. Um, no, hold on. I got, I got it up here somewhere. I, I got it up. Uh, I dare say one email address is worth literally 1000 likes on your Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the chart he's looking at is average engagement rate per post on Facebook. Um, 0.09% across all industries. So this is sports, retail, nonprofits, media, influencers, hotel and resorts, home decor, higher ed, health and beauty, food and beverage, fashion, and alcohol, which is tops of the list at 0.14%. <laughs> I, I, could dare, I could dare to speculate on that, but... Uh, <laughs> I uh, biases. 
I mean, we've said this before a little bit about just, just asking the question, you know, where does Facebook fit in into a strategy in a social media strategy or even a digital marketing strategy in general, you know, the, the all encompassing sort of thing. Um, seeing these, um, figures, seeing these charts, looking at engagement and granted it's not just Facebook, it's other, it's other social media platforms, but we're focusing on Facebook due to time. Um, is interesting. I don't know what it means, honestly. And it's something that you and I have talked about just in terms of the audience Facebook caters to, because we all know the generations coming up are not on Facebook. So if nothing changes, um, there's just going to be a bunch of old people sharing photos and, you know, remember when sort of like posts or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of it. Facebook is, is putting more, is obviously declining. In terms of, yeah. you know, user, users, but on the other end, they're absolutely slaying businesses. They're just not displaying their content as prominently as before. I think they actually didn't they come out and say that they're trying to boost humans over businesses like a year and a half ago or something. Oh, Facebook with a new yeah. like algorithm change. I that right. does ring a bell. That does ring a I, bell. I thought they they wanted to do that, but I mean. We know that they exist for profit. They're not. They're not going to make any money off that unless they're getting businesses out there. So really, the only way that a business can get out there is if they pay for it. So, you, so if their organic uh, results are so low, the engagement rate 0.09 percent. If you want to raise that, then you have to pay it. You have to pay to play, basically. Do you think it's possible? Maybe to take a little bit more of a positive take on this is that maybe we're just using Facebook wrong or we're not publishing the right things or we're not engaging the right way with what, what we could post on Facebook. Do you think that's no, a possibility? Probably. No, I don't, probably not because look at it. They've got every industry, which would cover all different types of posts because the types of posts that you'd see from alcohol uh, is going to be much different than the posts that you see from uh, food and beverage or, or fashion. Right. So you, you would think that in those numbers, it would, it would start to tease out posts that you think would be doing better than others, you know, given that industry. But it doesn't. It's 0.14 percent. Even for the most B2C interesting type of business, it's still 0.14 percent, which sucks. I guess my point, though, is that it's regardless of the industry. I, without even going into my own Facebook like newsfeed, I can already figure out what these ads look like, you know, in these industries of like fashion or 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 yeah. alcohol or higher ed. I can already see it. I see the picture. I see the lame description underneath. I see, you know, maybe you know, it's trying to engage with the audience or whatever. Without even looking at it, I kind of already know what to expect. I guess my point is that is that part of the problem? Because I'm so conditioned to figure out what this is already going to look like, is does something else kind of have to break the mold for this to kind of change? You know, Maybe. Are, is yeah, everyone kind of using Facebook in the same way that the noise is just too monotonous and we it's, it's easier to ignore? Yeah, you got a good point there because what you're describing is called ad blindness and it's hmm. similar to retargeting. And for those of you who don't know, retargeting, it's uh, like ad roll or a similar service where, you know, when you go to a website, pretend that you're looking at some new boots and then wherever you go throughout the internet afterwards, it seems like that boot company is following you around and placing ads. Yep. Yep, yep. That's 
Oh yeah, we talked about it. The Casper mat, the mattresses. Those mattress people mm-hmm. are. <laughs> they are brutal. <laughs> They're everywhere. Like practically whispering my ear at night. That's all retargeting. And uh, the, the way it works is through just increased exposure. You know, not a whole lot of people actually click on those things, but you keep seeing it over and over and over and over again. That way, by yeah. the time you're actually ready to make a decision, you both have seen this ad so many times that you right. end up going directly to their website, um, which is effective. But sometimes if you keep the same ads running, you get ad blindness. But people actually even know it's there. They won't actually see it because their brain is so tuned into seeing that same thing over and over again that it just automatically blocks it out so that you can focus on other things. That might be happening on Facebook. We might be just so used to that right-hand side panel where we just go, okay, noise, mm. blocking it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I I guess all I'm saying is that uh, it, in general, it kind of makes sense. Facebook has been around longer than all the other platforms that are mentioned in this report. It makes sense that it would be the thing that people start saying, eh, I don't know. Get tired and of. They're, yeah. yeah, they get tired of and they're used to used to whatever. Um, I wonder if that's if that's it. I mean, if it, it's interesting that it's almost consistent across the board, which means if it's all consistent across the board with every single industry, there's got to be something in common with all these ads or with all these, you know, okay. lack well, of. You have a theory that we can put to test here. So I'd say... Uh, advertising on Instagram would be a newer concept, right? At least newer sure. than Facebook. Yeah, so, I guess. Actually, this brings us right to Rand's next tweet. It says, don't worry, yeah. you say. Instagram has way higher engagement. It says, uh, yeah, almost as high as Facebook did a few years back. Uh, but that engagement rate is 1.6% versus, was it 0.09%? So 0.09, yeah. Seven, yeah. 17, 18 times higher on Instagram. Um, which could be uh, could be to your point because people aren't used to those ads quite yet and we're not just immediately tuning them out. Um, also, it might be the format too because it's harder to tune it out as you're scrolling through the feed. They're mm, huge. Yeah. You, you scroll yeah. right over the entire ad, whereas it's a sidebar item in you know on a Facebook desktop. That's a good point. That's a good point. And because it's right there, and let's be let's be honest, if it's a video of someone pouring a bottle of scotch, I'm going to be like, oh, what is that? I'm absolutely going to stop. And see, oh, like, yeah. I, I Remember that McCallum video they got us? That was yeah, really the one you sent me. Of course I'm going to stop and watch that. Yeah. Um, There's a guy drinking I, I think that, and he jumps off a cliff and grows wings. <laughs> of course I'm going to watch that. <laughs> yeah. But I think you have a point because it's, we we're, we know what to expect. We it's there and right in our face. And quite frankly, if it doesn't, if it's not part of what I care about, I, I go on to the next thing just as quick. Whereas Facebook, it does feel like it's you know almost separated in a weird way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting again to say the least. And I do wonder if there's if there's room in here to do something else on Facebook because. That's the one thing that kind of screams out. And maybe Instagram, that's going to happen next year where it starts to kind of go down to the 0.09 sort of area. Yeah. But I do wonder if that's part of it. I think a lot of times as marketers, we see these trends as doom and gloom, but we forget mm. that everything's on a continuum. You know, just when this goes down, something new is going to pop up. And it, maybe it's not even a social network. Maybe it's something completely different that we haven't even thought of yet. But there's... Where there's people and there's people willing to buy things, there's always going to be <laughs> some sort of platform for us to figure out how to market to them. So I wouldn't look at this report as like uh, as a negative, although it is a negative trend. 
it's probably just opening up the door for some new type of marketing capability. I, yeah, I agree. And it's, you never want to do either. It's a super positive or super negative with any type of report. Um, you kind of yeah. want to take it with a grain of salt with everything. I think, um, it's just information. It's, it's not, it's, just, it's, it's not all positive. it is it's information. Yeah. Yeah. Just words on a page. That's all it is. Um, <laughs> the one thing that, about uh, maybe I, I probably wouldn't post a bunch of stuff on Facebook if I were a business and expect to get a lot of uh, you know, commercial interest. I'm going to post stuff on Facebook and hope that people come to my site and request consulting services. We know the numbers don't indicate that that's going to happen, but mm. I will continue to, to post stuff about the business or our employees and stuff like that because we do need to have a heartbeat, you know? Um, so I think it's just, we probably need to adjust our expectations of what we're actually going to get out of these platforms. And then, well, in the right now, I was going to say in the near future, this is happening right now and <laughs> into the future. It's interesting. See that? I don't know where it's going to go. Well, what you just said though, about like, you know, making sure you have a heartbeat and making sure that these posts are focused on something else. I think that's interesting because when I think of Facebook, I only have it for like family pictures or sharing stuff about the kids or whatever from not only like the neighbors across the street, but from my family half a world away. Facebook's a nice central depository for all that. From a business standpoint, if you suddenly take that approach where it's less about, hey, here's our services or here's our website, come visit us here. And it is more of that like personal sort of element or like talking more about who they are or this happened today Mm -hmm. at the office. This was pretty funny that might get my attention because suddenly in a weird sort of way, that is what I'm expecting on Facebook. I'm not expecting to get sold and I don't want to be sold on Facebook. I'm trying to connect. You said it. That's the problem. It's like a, it's a mismatch of people's intention and their attention span. You know? Yeah. And what I mean by that is like in social media, Twitter is the best example. The attention span is as (laughs) short as a house fly it's it's <laughs> as 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 unfocused you can as you can possibly get on a platform and so you have to understand that the people on that platform are going to be unfocused and if you try to give them something they need to focus on you're going to be very disappointed with the results so you have to match the type of content with the type of focus that goes with that platform so if it's facebook and you're expecting to see people and human interaction and uh, like a personal approach, then I think you need to match that expectation and you also need to match that attention span. It's got to be short, picture-heavy, personal mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and if I think where you go wrong is when you start expecting people to behave differently than they are automatically want to behave on that platform. And there's a massive, I think then there's a massive disconnect with um, Man, you know, how you're interacting deep. with it and how you're, yeah. Um, wow. I think there's a lot to, uh, I think there's a lot to kind of consider. At the very least, it's at least it would be different. You know, it, w- it may be if someone in the food and beverage industry suddenly started saying, you know what, I'm not going to talk about our services or whatever, I'm going to do this. I wonder what would happen to engagement. Mm. At, the first, I will say the first industry that gives it a shot has at least a bump, you know, they'll be like, whoa, what's going yeah. on here? They're not, they're not talking about what they usually talk about. Um, yeah. I think the trick would be is like how to kind of keep that going, you know? And I don't know, it would be, it would be interesting to try is all I'm saying, I guess. It's more like a entertain first and in a weird way. Second yeah. Yeah. Type yeah. of strategy. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
I think it would better match the intent of people on there and their interests. Let's um, give it a go. Let's all right, it. let's do it now. Let's, let's just change it. Right. <laughs> what do we do? Just memes only? Uh, no, maybe just you. We'll take a picture of you and wherever you're at. And be like, Here's hilarious. what Jeff's doing today. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about content marketing. He's at spring break. Look at all the key words he's... <laughs> <laughs> all the key words Follow he's drinking. Follow the bearded <laughs> archer. That's a tumbler. Oh, see that alone. You are, uh, uh, you know, shooting arrows in the woods. I don't know what's going on, but I'm intrigued. What is this man doing? <laughs> Why is it on Facebook? And how is he involved with digital marketing? I, I was These a are dead all ringer from eight feet, man. Dead ringer. <laughs> dead ringer. Oh boy. Um, we don't need to go down that one. Let's. We no, got, we, we got we, one more we topic, don't have right? To do that. <laughs> one more, but let's uh, we'll keep this report in our minds and maybe we'll uh, come back to it some other point. But I think I think yeah. there's a lot, to, even more to unpack here, and honestly, even more interesting to to, to experiment with Facebook later on. So right. anyway, um, on to uh, on to number three, and number three kind of breaks our rules. We're gonna talk about Alexa. We're gonna talk about AI. Lauren, we're sorry. Our EP, we apologize in advance. I, think I it makes will it better say, if you disclose your what you're going to violate up front, we're talking. We're going to talk about AI. We're going to talk. Yeah, it's no, no, all I, about no, I'm, AI. I'm saying I, th- I think it makes it okay if you uh, if if you warn her if if you just oh, warn oh, I see what you're saying that yeah. you're, you're about to like hey hey copper I'm I'm going to go ten over the speed <laughs> limit you know I think you get I think you automatically get a pass that's written basically like, if I'm asking the tower if I can buzz them I'm just making sure they're aware of it. Yeah, yeah, a exactly. flyby, <laughs> a yeah. flyby the tower. You just don't um, surprise anybody. That's I all. don't. No, I just want to be. I just want to be honest. So um, I found this article about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. It's on. It's in the New Wired, and basically, it's about Alexa. And the uh, the headline is the search for the one perfect answer. Um, now it's a it's a long article. I'm not going to go through it all. And there's just one part of it that I think we're going to focus on. The background, though of this talks about William Tunstall uh, Pidot. Tunstall Pidot is his last name. And basically, um, he was interested, this was when search was kind of rising up, he was inter- interested in something else. He basically said, I would rather have one answer as opposed to going through, you know, links or different pages, you know, trying to hunt for the right answer and uh, wasting kind of part of his time. Um, An oracle. Basically, yeah, an oracle from like yeah. the movie AI. So um, he was he was wrapped up in this, this an idea, and then the technology he developed. And I didn't honestly, I didn't even realize this as I was reading the article. So I was legitimately surprised. Is the technology that's currently in Alexa? The idea of that one true answer is what's in the uh, is what's in that AI. And his whole point is that he wanted people to be able to shout out or just kind of ask, much like he in the article. He's, compares it to Star Trek and just getting that one answer. So there's no searching. There's no looking for anything. Jeff, you referenced it a couple topics ago about, um, uh, what was it? Position zero. That's the, that's the, the Holy grail right now is position zero. That's the answer that's getting read. And that's what Alexa is spitting Except out. There is no position. There's only position. There's like, there's only one position. Yeah. One, one position. <laughs> and I, I guess what, what I get out of what you're saying is that, there's going to be this one solution to any question and we just have to put our trust into whatever put that answer together 
like whatever AI machine it was that that gave us that answer, that they're right. All right. That that's basically it. Like well, you would have that's to in some way in the future be able to feel convinced that yes, this is the answer I was looking for, and I trust this thing that just gave it to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, if it proves um, that it's right time and time again, then there's there would be no reason to distrust it. It seems like a crazy idea now because there's you search for anything and there's millions of results and you kind of put it on you to weave together the answers, you know? But um, if there is a machine that that could prove that it could do it accurately every single time, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't become a thing. I mean, I think that's the problem is the fact that you have to prove it. But um, much like what we were talking about, you know, the search engine in general, this article, and it's actually, it's kind of a nice circle back to kind of what we were, what we were, uh, what we were chatting on in topic one. Um, and I'm saying circle back to piss off Andy Barks, who does our recaps because he hates, he hates corporate jargon. Um, but basically <laughs> talking about the consequence, and I'm just going to read this one part of the article. So the move toward one shot answers has been just slow enough to obscure its own most important consequence, killing off the internet as we know it. The conventional web with all of its tedious pages and links is giving way to the conversational web in which chatty AIs reign supreme. And I can only imagine, I, when, I, when I read that, I imagine you getting pissed off at the chatty AIs for not understanding what you want. That's the image I have in my mind. But I don't think that's the point. Like The point is that you well, should be able to talk to this thing and this thing should know exactly what you want. If it's a, well, if it is a functioning, all-knowing <laughs> oracle, then it, it wouldn't be an issue. But right, exactly. Also, we wouldn't have an internet because who would publish anything if we, if no publisher uh, was able to control where their content was seen or if their content was seen? Why would they publish anything? You know what? They wouldn't. But I think so. You you're using the word publisher because they're publishing something to be seen. Well, if anybody with a website. Was, I'm calling anybody with a website a publisher. Anything with a website, right? But yeah. if this thing exists, if this, let's just call it new internet and it's all run by Alexa or other AIs, you wouldn't publish something to be seen. You'd publish something to be known or to be, to be talked about by this thing. Like it's not, you would, you would still have to kind of explain, this is my company, this is what I do, and this is how well I do it. And then you'd almost have to put it into the code of the AI so the AI could judge for itself if you were worthy enough to be talked about. So you'd maybe you're not a lottery a, ticket. The yeah, kind of. So it would basically be something like that. that. Well, nobody. The thing is, for the AI to work, you have to feed it. Otherwise, it's like I said before. If everyone just says, "Don't index any of my content moving forward," mm-hmm. then it has it has no new information. I mean, sure, it can solve historical questions where it already has information before the right. the giant strike, the author strike. You know. But if everyone just stops feeding it, then it's absolutely worthless, you know? So I don't know. I don't know if that would ever work because this would be a an internet below the surface. This would be like an internet infrastructure that feeds one thing. So you wouldn't even see the internet anymore. It wouldn't, for all intents and purposes, it wouldn't exist for human beings anymore. It would just be a, it would be a technical infrastructure. Yeah, we would we would be we're working with that infrastructure right now, basically, like the thing that we're interacting with on a daily basis is not the real Internet. It's this other thing that doesn't have you don't have to interact with anymore, at least with a keyboard or a computer. It's something yeah, that just kind of exists with or, you. Or at least you have the illusion of choice when you get all the search results. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're 
we're getting closer and closer with all those featured snippets. We're getting closer and closer to not having that choice. But this describes something where there, there is no element of choice whatsoever. There's one answer, one question, one answer, end of story. Which also brings up the other case of like, how does a question get structured? Because you can ask the same thing a number of different ways. I mean, other questions I have about what about slang? Can I use slang with an AI? Or do we have to suddenly talk like robots to be able to get any kind of information we want? Or can we just talk as we, as we do? Um, I don't know. But I, I wonder, like, how well is it going to pick up the question and understand what part of the question is the important one? Mm-hmm. Because if I, yeah. if I ask a question in an active way, it's pretty obvious. If I'm a little passive, if I'm just going to be the conversational web part of that paragraph I just read is what sticks out in my mind. Like it's not, it's almost as if it's not going to be a Q and a sort of thing. Oh, it's yeah. almost well, I mean, as if the AI is going to know us in a weird kind of way. Google assistant, that kind of is a bit of a Q and a, that's more of a conversational type of bot. Yeah, that's true. Seen that that's before, true. right? Um, um, and I, I think they eventually want to create these AIs where they seem more human. So They'll probably code it in such a way that it, it does seem conversational to us. You know, um, <laughs> I don't I don't know how this is going to relate. I'm going to say it anyway. Almost every technological advance has has uh, has stuck the second the porn industry takes a hold of it. So I wonder how the are you porn referring industry... back to Blu-ray? Are you, th- are you thinking about Blu-ray? And, uh, I am not even HD? that, but even VHS or, um, um, <laughs> quite frankly, the internet. The second the porn industry gets involved, it's like, oh, it's real now, man. They're in, they're what? in. So let's all let's all run right right behind. Them. There there is some truth to to that industry dictating where technology moves. Uh, like you mentioned it in in video VHS, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blu-ray, that was another thing. And we referenced this in a podcast uh, six months ago. The top visited websites in the world in terms of <laughs> total streaming bandwidth. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, it blows everything away. So if there's <laughs> that much attention, <laughs> the currency on the internet is attention, right? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of attention going to that industry. <laughs> so that's a lot of <laughs> currency. Um I don't know how that fits into your article. Well, no to bring it back, yeah, that's what I was going to do. That to bring it back, I wonder if this is going to if this is going to take basically. How is the porn industry going to embrace it? How is it going to use it in such a way <laughs> that allows this thing to kind of move forward? I I think that's the thing that has to be figured out because if it doesn't, if there's no way for the porn industry to kind of take advantage of this, I think we're fine. I think we don't have to worry. <laughs> you think this there's is, nothing to even be concerned about? Yeah. No, if, it, if, if, if know, porn can't find a way, we're fine. We're absolutely uh, going to be safe. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It always seems like such a taboo thing to bring up, especially with that stat that always comes up. Oh, <laughs> 90% of all streaming or all data on the internet is going to be movies. And nobody raises their hand and says, uh, that's porn, by the way. That's all porn. Uh, <laughs> All the data is right there for everybody to see. It's just like nobody will talk about it. We're so uptight American about it. But um, that's a damned good point because that would never support this Oracle theory at all. No. What would we do? Like, tell me a story. I don't know what it would do. <laughs> Honestly, I need, we would need visuals. So we're going to go back into the olden times of like, 
get some wine <laughs> yeah. and get ready for a sensual story by Jeff Baker. <laughs> I was in the woods. Maybe that's for the best. Yeah. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe this is the direction that we need in society. Maybe this is the move. <laughs> Basically, we're all moving back. We're, use, we're using technology to enable old school stuff like Literatica. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, wasn't there a website called Literotica? I don't know, maybe. Uh, I'm sure know. there was. There? I'm sure there was. I'm almost positive. <laughs> Call um, Cowboys. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was they, just at Safeway the other day looking for a book. That's not a place <laughs> to look for a book. <laughs> uh, nine out of ten of the books in there had to do with cowboys and their belt buckles. <laughs> and something to do with horses. I, <laughs> always like, it was some horse whisperer thing, but not Robert Redford, like a 26 year old man, <laughs> six foot four, dark hair. Oh boy. I Deep guess, reading. um, if we want to be, you know, <laughs> yeah, we should call it, we're going to call it soon. But I'm, what I was going to say is that if this was ever going to happen, new other new technology would have to exist in the sense that like we could see something and maybe it's not a, a tablet or whatever. It's, yeah, I don't know, something that's just going straight into our brain or our dreams or, Maybe this is the holodeck thing that has to exist where, you know, you just go into a room and your fantasies show up there and it gets scarier. I don't know. But um, I do think until porn finds a way, I think we're fine. I like how that's our fail safe. That's, yeah, that's our basically. Yeah, that's our, that's our fail safe. Mine. That's our fail safe. If, if, if that goes, yeah, if that goes, we're all going. <laughs> Uh, no like that. I, think I don't think the, we've ever ended a podcast better than that. No, I agree. Us there. That's that's perfect. I'm I'm glad I'm glad we're we're at where we're at. So um, we're gonna end it right there. Um, I again, get, reminder. I get to claim innocence on this because I didn't yeah, bring it up. Fine. I I'll take, again, I took responsibility for the mic. I'll take responsibility for this. Um, uh, reminder that we will not be <laughs> recording uh, or at least releasing a show um, after this one, only because uh, Jeff's going to spring break. It's going to have a grand old time, digital marketing spring break, um, Jaeger wild shot. and crazy, Ooh. wild and crazy. All sorts of, uh, meta tags are going to be all up in your, all up in yourself. Um, Jeez. we will release something, like I said, some sort of cut sort of conversation. Um, maybe one of the only cut conversations we've ever had, um, next week. Um, and then Jeff, when you get back, we'll, we'll dive into PubCom and see what the hell that was about. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to talk about like right after the show. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be great. <laughs> All, All right. right. We'll see you, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>